This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. Hello, hello, hello. It's me, Coffee Fitness Unicorn, your pocket DJ. And you're listening to Coffee Chats Podcast, a show where storytelling and coffee hang out. Season 3 continues with January Journeys and Winning Women. The year started with a fitness badass. Next, we have a female powerhouse and CEO, Stephanie Goddard. In this episode, we talk about Stephanie's passion for elevating women in the workplace, why it is necessary to say female CEO, and play a quick game of Have You Ever. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share this show with all your friends and family. Thank you for listening. Go forth and be magical. Hello, hello, hello. It's me, Coffee Fitness Unicorn, your pocket DJ. And you're listening to Coffee Chats Podcast, a show where storytelling and coffee hang out. Today's special guest is Stephanie Goddard, female CEO, powerhouse, female boss. She's known for elevating women in the workplace. Her accolades include Executive of the Year and the Lucy Hobbs Award for Mentorship. Hello, welcome to the show. Hi, Michelle. Thanks for having me. This is so exciting. I've got Thanks. my uh, my I've got my drink here ready to go. Yay! Although I'm sorry, I'm going to disappoint. I'm not doing coffee in it. It's just sparkling water. But uh, I've had three coffees today, so I figured I need to slow down at some point. <laughs> no worries. That was actually that's actually one of the questions is uh, how much coffee do you drink in a day? But we'll we'll revisit that. So so we'll get to that. Yeah. Thank, thank you for for being on the show. Like I said, um, you are a a badass, and the uh, I wanted to do season three with fabulous women, and you are in that group. So thank you for being here and taking the time to to talk about how awesome it is, the things that you do to elevate women in the workplace. Well, thank you for calling me a badass. Can I like take a snippet of that and share it with my kids? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Uh, why don't you give the listeners a little background about yourself and uh, then we'll go ahead and dive into some questions. Yes. Yeah. Sounds great. So I'll, I'll, I'll give a really high level version of myself. So Stephanie uh, Goddard, obviously CEO of a company called Glidewell. It's all dental medical device. Um, but I didn't start my journey here, obviously. I didn't kind of, you know, come out of school and become CEO. So I have a bachelor's degree in um, psychology from Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, uh, a master's degree from industrial psych from San Jose State. And then I kind of started my journey um, on the industrial psychology route. So I went industrial psych. Um, first job was at Bank of America in San Francisco, moved out to the East Coast, and I did the whole um 
consulting gig for quite some time. So I worked at Coopers and Libran, which then became PricewaterhouseCoopers. So I was there for that big merger and did strategy, change management, process improvement, human capital consulting, then went to work for um, one of my clients at the time. I had my first child. And uh, when I was out on maternity leave, my uh, my client called me and said, hey, we really want you to come back, but can we pay you as an individual and not um, through uh, Pricewaterhouse where your fees are um, enormous? So <laughs> <laughs> so I, I left Pricewaterhouse and went to work for the World Bank uh, and um, worked internally in HR and, and uh, change management, uh, performance management, leadership development, and then landed out here in California again, where I'm from. Initially, um, I wanted to come back to be with family, but I landed at Glidewell as the VP of HR and kind of grew from there, like came here as the VP of HR 16 years ago, and then took a few promotions along the way and, and just became CEO almost exactly a year ago. Congratulations. That's so awesome. And I love uh, the the progression. And I love how you say that you didn't just come out uh, CEO. <laughs> so thank you for all of that. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, you said PricewaterhouseCoopers. Are they the ones that do the uh, envelopes for yeah. the, is it the, what yeah. is it? I think the Academy Awards the Academy or something Awards. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so did you ever see, did you ever see that guy carrying that, that suitcase? It, no, because I worked on the consulting side of the house and that was on the accounting side of the house. And I was yeah. not, uh, I was not on that side. So that I side. think they were based in LA and I was in DC. So uh, well, there you go. There you go. This, it was just kind of something that you, the second you said that I was like, Oh, did you ever see the envelope guy? But, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> thank you for the, the, the background and how you were able to, um, you know, show like, and then you said world bank. I was like, Holy crap. That's awesome. One of the questions from Instagram was about your degrees, if you went to the university and what did you study? So there's that question. Um, I wanted to get a few Instagram questions out of the way uh, before jumping into some more. Uh, how does it feel to be CEO of one of the most successful corporations in the U.S.? <laughs> um, what's that famous saying of imposter syndrome? So I mean, oh. I think... You know, it's, it's interesting. How does it feel? Um, it feels surreal. The same time, it feels really great. And uh, it feels humbling. And it feels scary. And it feels exciting. It's like this hodgepodge of feelings. And it kind of depends on the day. You know, some days you wake up and or you end your day and you're like, yeah, I'm killing it today. And then other days, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to get fired tomorrow morning. I don't oh. know. Like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. So, you know, it's, it's a huge challenge. It's a privately held company and has been run and managed by the owner for 52 years. And I'm the first, obviously, um, person to be named CEO outside of the owner of the company. You know, it's, it's a, it's a big job to live up to. And so you're trying to protect the jobs of, thousands of employees and trying to protect the reputation of the company. You know, I'd always tell people, I said, I don't want to see an article in five years that says, you know, the year that Jim got it wrong, 2021, he promoted Stephanie to CEO. And that's the year that was the beginning of the end of Glidewell kind of thing. Right. So it's like, um, I don't think that will happen. <laughs> I, I get what you're saying. I get what well, you're so saying. Far, so far, so good. So far, so good. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot and it's a big responsibility and you get like your mind never really turns off. You know, you, you go home and, and I'm not necessarily working, but the mind never stops um, 
working on things and, you know, reminding yourself to send somebody a text message or reminding yourself to do an email or, you know, thinking about, okay, how are we going to get through this impending recession, you know? So it's, it's a lot. For sure. And especially because it is a privately held company. And that Mm -hmm. actually leads to the next uh, question with all the uplifting of others. How do you uplift yourself when you're down? (laughs) Probably. I That's a really good question. So I'm trying this new thing this year where I do one special thing for myself a month and try something new a month that I've never tried, maybe that I've never tried before, or just something to help me decompress. So I went to this like breathing course a couple months ago, and that was really, that was a way for me to kind of decompress and de-stress. It was this amazing, they take you through all these breathing um, exercises. And then at the end you do a cold plunge and a hot plunge and then uh, infrared sauna. It was the most amazing. Um, it really cured the stress that I was under, but you know, for me too, spending time with my kids, the older that they get, it's really interesting. They get to a certain t- point of their lives and they're adults and it's a new kind of fun to hang out with them and just have conversations with them that you never had. And when they were little, you know, for sure. And uh, really trying to focus more time with friends and make time for them. Um, and then I got myself a puppy last year. So <laughs> she's, yeah, she's one now. So um, she helps me find new ways to get out of the house and do things that maybe I wouldn't normally do. So go walk on Balboa Island or go take a hike or, you know, um, go throw the ball with her and play fetch, you know, for, for an hour or something. And, um, sometimes there's a park across the street for me. So sometimes I'll take her out there and we'll, I'll bring a book and we'll lay down in the grass and watch the soccer games going on. So it's just kind of fun. Yeah. Nice. Do you ever bring her to work? I do not. I wish I could, but yeah. And dogs in a manufacturing environment probably are like a, a a big no, no, (laughs) especially Especially when you're manufacturing teeth, things that go in people's mouths, you probably don't want dogs and hair and stuff like that around. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Call these like, not hard driving questions, but um, let's, let's deep dive into Stephanie. Oh, goodness. Okay. (laughs) But in a good way, in a good way. I don't know that there's much deep there, but okay. (laughs) Yes, yes, there is. So can you tell us about overcoming obstacles? regarding your life, like some of the obstacles that you've overcome to get where you are? Yeah, I think that, you know, one of the things when I, when I meet with younger people today and, you know, I talk to them openly about, okay, so if you want to get to CEO in five years, you know, what do you have to do to be able to accomplish that? And I think, you know, from an obstacle perspective in anyone's career, whether you want to be a CEO or you want to be a VP or you want to the thing that helped me is I had mentors and coaches in my life who could help me flip things upside down or take help me take a look at things from a different perspective because we're all so focused. So we have we all have our own lenses, right? We have our own childhoods that make us, you know, interpret things the way that we do. We have experiences, um, we have emotions that cause us to interpret our environment or interpret an action from another person or to cloud our vision on certain things. And by having these great mentors um, in my life, they've been there for me in those times where I do have an obstacle or a challenge and I'm frustrated and I'm emotional about it and they can help me 
see it with a different lens and say, hey, Stephanie, have you considered this? Or, okay, you know, let's talk about like, what if you do go in and quit tomorrow? What's your option from there, right? So you're that upset, you're going to quit. You, you know, what are you going to do? Where do you want to go? You know, so, so, you know, having great people in your life, whether they're informal mentors or formal paid coaches, I think, you know, is some of the best advice I give to anybody in, in, in any career path that they choose. Awesome. And, and I totally believe with that. Um, mentors is like, it's, that's, it's so helpful, you know, mentors in school, if you're in school, you know, find somebody who has, gone through your program, find someone in, and even talking with the professors, like it's very important to talk with the professors and, you know, have mentorship from them as well. So, so I I love that. And I think, you know, too, people get so hung up on maybe what your background is or what your degree is, or, you know, oh, for me, you know, my, my degree is in industrial psychology and, you know, people would say, well, you know, all you can do is psychology, you know, or, if your degree is in history, you know, people might think, oh, well, you can't ever get ahead by having a history degree, right? And I always tell people, like, your de- your degree gets you your first job, really. Like, where you get your degree from, what your degree is in, gets you your first job, maybe your second. But really, from there, it's all about you and what you do and how you perform. And I love that. I- I'm going to put – that's going to be the next coffee mug. That's going to be on your coffee <laughs> mug. I love that. Uh, so – if you were to give a TED talk, mm. what would you talk about? Oh my goodness. What would I talk about? I don't know. Mich- I think, um, you know, something that I'm really passionate about and some people will like it and some people will not, and that's okay. Um, is, you know, I, there is a movement underway around elevating women and it's something that's very passionate and, um, close to my heart. And I think that for every woman that makes it to the top, we have a duty to um, elevate another woman, at least one, if not multiples. Um, so I would probably give some kind of talk on elevating, you know, women. I I hate to see it when when we can't be happy for each other, right? So w- one person's success does not mean somebody else's demise. So how do we create opportunities and success for everybody without, you know, getting jealous or, um, you know, angry or feeling like your opportunities are all closed off because one person got ahead. So I think, you know, like I said, for me, I'm very passionate about elevating women in, in, in any business. That's awesome. That, that And that's, again, that's why you're here because <laughs> everybody needs to know who you are. And, and this, this is, this next question is, what would 15-year-old Stephanie, and I'm just picking 15, it could be 16-year-old <laughs> Stephanie, uh, teenage year, what uh-huh. would teenage Stephanie say or think about your trajectory if she could see you now? <laughs> well, 15-year-old Stephanie was a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think she'd be pretty damn shocked. <laughs> Like I said, don't let your past determine your future. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I was, when I was 15, I was 15, like 15 year olds are a mess, especially girls are hormonal and just crazy and, and emotional. And, but I think, I think I would say, you know, good for you, girl, you started it right. When I was 15, I think is when I did my first foreign exchange program and that really, um, set my life on a different path 
was when I did that exchange program. So I, um, I spent a summer in Finland and it was the, the, the best experience I ever could have had in my entire life. That is so cool. Do you remember any of the food or uh, coffee that you drank there? So I don't remember coffee so much, but they had, so I got to live with a family and the cheeses in Finland were to die for. They had this braided bread that they would make and it was a little bit sweet, but it had cardamom. It's like, it was my first time ever experiencing cardamom. And this was so long ago, you know, just didn't, um, I didn't ever have that flavor before. And I, it was, I can still taste that bread today. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, That is so cool. That is so cool. I had, I, I didn't know that they had bread, uh, braided bread with cardamom in it. I'm gonna have to go look that up. I'm gonna have to look I that know. up. Yeah. I think I one time looked it up. I was like, I gotta make this. So I think I Googled it one time, you know, back when, when the internet finally came out, you know, when you're, when I was 15, there was no internet. So you right. couldn't get recipes that easily. Right. Uh, so that is going to lead to the next couple of questions. Book suggestions. Do you have any book suggestions for, say, leadership and for pleasure? Like, do you read for pleasure? So most of my reading is for pleasure. Very little of it is on the business side, unfortunately. I mean, the thing is, like, I read so much at work and I'm in so many meetings that when I read at night, I just want to read for pleasure. So I read murder mysteries and like uh, crazy stuff like that and uh, Gone Girl and those kinds of books. Right. So I I love things like that. And uh, I read a lot of news at night. It's kind of the way that I put myself to bed, sleep at night and probably not the best way to put yourself to sleep. I was just going to say. I know. I know. But it's well. like the, my one opportunity to catch up on the world. And then, you know, in terms of books, I'm a huge fan and follower of Simon Sinek. So I like all things Simon Sinek. I tell people they should read it. Um, Leaders Eat Last, all of those things. I just, and I watch his, um, anytime he's speaking, I follow him on Instagram. I watch all of his TED Talks, all of those things, right? I just think he puts things in such clear terms. And when you think about leadership, right, there's all these books, they almost try to make it too complicated. And it's really rather simple. It's, you know, when you think about it in terms of what does it take to be a great leader? Well, you have to have people who want to follow you. Well, who do you want to follow? You want to follow people who are smart, right? Who are going to lead you down the right path, who are humble, who ask questions more than they tell, right? Who listen more than they speak, who care about the people who work for them. And it's not just a matter of saying you care, you care about somebody, but showing that you care. People who have, you know, strong interpersonal relationships, who have strong emotional intelligence, right? Who can have a conversation. I want to work for somebody who can tell me straight, like, hey, Stephanie, you really messed up, right? Or, hey, Stephanie, you did a great job. Like, just give it to me straight. I don't need you to sugarcoat it, but you, I need you to be honest with me, right? Don't hide it. Don't be afraid to have the conversation with me when I mess up. Just tell me I messed up. And then, like, but then, you know, Give me the feedback on where did I get it wrong so I can improve it going forward. And, you know, there's a ton of books out there on that. 
But I think, you know, if people follow their gut and think about like, what are the best leaders that I've ever worked for in the past? And what were the, what were the things that I loved about them? And what were the things that I hated about other leaders? You can kind of pick and choose, like, what kind of leader do you want to be and create that for yourself? In some of the conversation that we've been having, you've actually answered some of the questions that I actually, I literally <laughs> just checked off all of my questions. So uh, one of the questions, no, no, I love it. Uh, one of the questions was, how do you get people slash employee, employees to follow you? So you answered that one. And then what advice would you give to listeners about them to um, how to advance themselves? So I literally, I was like, we don't have, I don't have to ask. I was like, she got that. She got that. Uh, I mean, I, and it's not to say you shouldn't read books, Michelle, like you should definitely read books and read the ones that you gravitate for. I highly recommend any kind of leadership development courses. I mean, I've been lucky in my career. I got to go to Harvard, some of their leadership development. There's Wharton, there's Michigan, you know, but you can also go to other things that are not as expensive. Like there's tons of YouTubes out there now that are completely free. And I'm going to blank on her name, but there's this woman who wrote um, a book. She just finished it on, uh, it was a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago um, on culture. Um, and she did her book around in, in Netflix and she studied Netflix, but she wrote a whole book on culture and the culture dynamics within different cultures. So like if you're in France working with French people, here's kind of how they talk to one another and here's what you can expect. And don't be offended when they're blunt with you and, you know, or in Japan and you, you have to read whether it's reading YouTube videos, little articles, you know, find what works for you. I listen to a ton of podcasts because I have a long commute. That's how I get a lot of my stuff is, is through that. Have you noticed how Coffee Fueled Stories doesn't have any ads? That's because I work tirelessly to keep this show alive. After three years on my own, I've decided I need to ask for your help. I've never asked anyone to subscribe. I've never asked anyone to leave a review. I've never asked anyone to rate the show. And I've never asked anyone to pay to listen. There are a few ways you can help support the show. I've created a Patreon page, Coffee Field Stories, and a subscription section on my podcast website. It's simple to support and help me keep my dream alive. Just click the link in the show notes set up your paid subscription option. It's that easy. Thank you for your support. Awesome. Awesome. Podcasts are great. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you know this, but you have a German soccer player name doppelganger. Did you know that? No. There is a Stephanie with an A Goddard and she is a 35 year old soccer player no way germany oh how funny we'll see like it's like we flip-flop she's 35 i'm 53 so (laughs) very cool very cool uh so i know you had mentioned about uh you had already had your three coffees for the day and i'm (laughs) i'm working on my second because i didn't want to be too caffeinated uh with you today so uh that being said what is your go-to coffee what is your preferred coffee so uh, I usually just have one coffee a day. So my normal is one. I make it every morning uh, while I'm getting ready and I have an espresso machine. So I, I really love my Nespresso. So, yeah. and like I mix, I have a frother, so I mix it up with sometimes it's, sometimes I do the Oatly barista version of, of oat milk. Sometimes I do during the holidays, I do uh, 
I'll do eggnog lattes. <laughs> Yum. Yeah. Have you, are, are you a fan of iced coffee and pumpkin spice lattes? Yeah, I am. But I, so I love, I love, love, love cold brew. So in the summer I'm cold brew all the way. And then, uh, so it's, there's a farmer's market by my house and on Saturdays they sell fresh made coconut milk and they have a chocolate coconut milk that I get in the summer and I cold froth it and I pour that in my cold brew and it's so it's heavenly oh my god that sounds amazing yeah oh my god that sounds delicious so uh before we get to the rapid fire questions Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to, and you kind of did touch a little bit about this, but I kind of wanted, again, this is the, the reason that I wanted to have you on the show is I, uh, I came across an interview that you had done cause I did my research on you <laughs> and, uh, you had, you did a re you did a, an interview where you said, what am I going to learn from this person? And don't be afraid to fail, learn from your mistakes. Mm-hmm. And those two things are so magical to me. And, and what, what kind of blew my mind, I literally went, wow. And I was like, you're extremely successful. And so like, in my mind, like, you you know, you're at the top. And so it's like, it's, it's not to say that I I put you on a pedestal. That's not what I'm saying. (laughs) But what I'm getting at is that you have all of this information. You have this knowledge. You have been exposed to, like you were saying, Harvard and these, you know, like these taught you have knowledge that I don't have. And yet you're humble. And you said this, you're humble enough. And this is why I wanted you on the show. What can I learn from this person? And, and you have failed and you have learned from your successes. And again, that's why you're so magnanimous and you're so successful because you, the, these things that you've said and, and how you've learned and, and progressed over, over the years, that is extremely impressive. It kind of made me sit in my seat and went, wow, this is an amazing woman. Thank like, <laughs> like seriously, like it's, I want to, I don't want to call it like the cult of Stephanie, but, <laughs> but seriously, like, wow. Like, so mm. that brings me to my next question. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think you'll write a book? Will it be a memoir, <laughs> business, or both? Like, please, please have it be the cult of Stephanie, because I'll read it. Please. That's funny. So I used to, I started my life here as uh, the VP of HR, and I, um, I think I still have a note on it today that my 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 book was going to be titled "My Life on the Island of Misfit Toys." Do you remember the Island of Misfit Toys from the Christmas? Yes. Um, That was was always one of my favorite uh, cartoons. And HR, if anyone, you know, in your community does HR, they would understand. I mean, HR is crazy, right? You hear all these crazy things, you get involved in crazy things, and you kind of see the best of society and the worst of society in in that role. I don't, you know, I, people have asked me, I don't know, I, I don't know if I have anything interesting to say. And I think, you know, in 10 years from now, if I have something interesting to say, I, I would love to write a book, but, you know, I don't think that anyone wants to read about the life of Stephanie. I wasn't like, I didn't have anything that interesting happen to me, but, you know, going back to your comment, Michelle, you know, I appreciate everything that you said. That's very kind, but anybody in any position, 
you know, if you look at Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or anybody successful, you're not in a position of success because you know everything. You're in a position of success because you surround yourself with people who know the things that you don't know. And and that's really what my comment was about is what can I learn from this person? And I firmly believe in the idea of hiring people that are smarter than me to work with me. And And, you know, some people will say, well, aren't you threatened by that? I, I, I guess, you know, you, you can focus on, can, am I threatened by it? Or you can focus on what can I, how can I build my own skill sets? And I think that's the easier thing to focus on. And if you're that worried that somebody smarter than you is going to take your job, then you probably deserve to have your job taken from you, right? Because it's not just about being smart. It's a, in one area. It's about a lot more than that. So you know, but I, but I do think it's important. I, I can't know everything. I'm not an expert in finance. I know enough to be dangerous, right? But, <laughs> but my CFO guides me and, you know, I'm not an expert in sales and, and, um, you know, I could not sell ice to an Eskimo, right? I could not sell, I, <laughs> I could never be a car salesperson. I could never, you know, so, but I have somebody who works with me who's brilliant. I mean, I love listening to him talk all the time because he just comes up with these crazy ideas and I'm like, that's really cool. Like I would never have thought of that. So I think that's the fun part of doing my job is working with really smart people who have different perspectives. Again, I, I love that. And it's uh, one of the things I remember hearing um, with um, in, in corporate is you want to you always want the person behind you isn't the person behind you because they're below you. It's the person that's going to come in and take your position and take it to the next level. Mm -hmm. Like I remember hearing that in, in, in corporate, like that's what you, you want to leave a legacy for someone else to build their legacy, to build their legacy. It's, it's about constantly building new legacies, yeah. but I always use the term standing on the shoulders of giants mm -hmm. because we wouldn't be in the position that we're, where we are in if we didn't have somebody else before us to guide us to get to that point. Mm -hmm. so yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the woman who took over HR for me um, here, Layla Fazegich, she took HR to a level that I would never have been able to dream of. I mean, she's done just amazing things and, and, um, and it, we wouldn't be where we are today without her and her leadership and her, and, and her thought process and, and, uh, she's phenomenal. And, and sometimes I'm like, when did you get all that done? Like, how did you get all of that? Done? <laughs> you know, it's amazing. She does it very quietly, but what she's done is something I, like I said, I, I don't think I could have dreamt up. That's awesome. And, that, and I love that you actually like called her out. And so like, she's, she's right there. Like you can, you can, uh, so are you ready to do some rapid fire questions? Yeah. Throw right, them at me. Let's do it. And what's funny is I, I wrote it down rapid fire questions and then they all started out. Have you ever? And I was like, oh, so rapid fire questions turned into have you ever. So, okay. We can however, do that. <laughs> you want to, have you ever. You want to call. All right. Okay, I'm ready. Here we go. Here we go. Have you ever cried at work? Uh, once when I first in my career and swore I would never do it again. Have Just you like ever, Tom Hanks that says there's no crying in baseball. There's no crying at work. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever put on makeup at your desk? Yes. I just um, did it 30 minutes ago. <laughs> you look fabulous. Thank you. Have you ever winged something? In other words, not faked it, but have you ever not been prepared for something? Every day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever gone out in sweaty gym clothes? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> like to work or gone out and just public? gone out, just gone oh, out yeah, in sweaty yeah, gym clothes yeah, for sure. <laughs> have you ever not returned a book? And I'm not talking about library, but like if somebody gave you a book and you borrowed it, have you ever not returned a book? I'm sure I, I would imagine probably, pro I probably liked it too much and kept it and instead of buying it myself. <laughs> the question is coming after. So vodka, champagne, wine. Have you ever had all three at the same time? In one drink or in one night? In one night. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. That's... A couple weeks ago. Oh, really? <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Like I said, the the reason that I wanted to have you on here was because the uh, listeners are there. It's it's such a, a large audience of of women, um, and so now that we're done with the rapid fire questions, I'm going to ask you some some deep questions again. Okay. Um. I, so I'm lighting you up. Uh, <laughs> in terms of the words female woman. I I I, I contemplated saying female boss and then I had babe like in parentheses. Uh -huh. And and I was like, no, let's let's talk about that. So like how do you feel you personally, uh Stephanie? So uh, how do you feel personally? So there's two part. How do you feel personally about the terms female CEO, female boss, female boss babe? Um and then what are your thoughts like um at, from a psychology perspective from a from a uh societal perspective in regard to those gender terms mm -hmm. when it comes to like hierarchy hierarchy and and status in within a company yeah i mean i think you raise a really good question because it's um you know the 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 thought could be hey i'm just a boss or i'm just a ceo why do i have to have a gender in front of it <clears throat> to define me and you know for me i i I like the female part of it because it's not normal today, right? So if it was normal to have a non-binary CEO, a female CEO, then it would just be CEO, you know, CEO Stephanie Goddard, CEO, you know, Joey Smith, CEO, it wouldn't really matter. But because we don't have non-binary and female in position in positions of power at the same level that we do as men, you do have this sort of clarification of it, right? And so for me, I think I'm proud of it because it's very few women who do break through that um, that barrier. But I look forward to the day that there is no clarification around it. It's just CEO. I love that, and I actually did some research. The population of the world population of female, um, anywhere between and depends on what statistic you look at, is forty-seven to forty-nine percent of the world mm -hmm. are, are are female, and the population of the highest state that has the largest group of women by population is California, which mm -hmm. is awesome. I thought I like, and I love that you, the way that you said that. And that's why I wanted to make a point. Like you are a, a female CEO and you're a female boss. Like, I think those designations are important because like you said, it's not, and it is, it's something that to be proud of. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're, we're still coming a long way. We've got a, we've got a lot of work to do. And so this goes back to, you know, the shoulder standing on the shoulders of giants, you know, somebody has to, to, you know, pave the way. And so, you know, sometimes you have to take all of the hard hits and hard knocks, but, uh, to, you know, to make it easier for, for the rest of us. 
I agree with you. I believe in exactly what you're saying until it's an even playing field. You know, we need that. We need those designations. We need that little extra term in there. I like it. It kind of relates to like what you said though. Like you cried and (laughs) like, there's no, but sometimes you can't help it. And, and um, I'll give you an example. I had a professor in grad school who almost made me cry. Uh-huh. And uh, I swore to myself, I was like, no one is ever going to do that to me again. And yeah. and I didn't, you know, for 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 that particular thing. So so I hear what you're saying, but I didn't cry because I'm female. Yeah. I cried because I got my feelings hurt. Yeah. You no. Know? And, and so, you, oh, yes, please. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I mean, the time that I cried, you know, and I said, I will never cry at work again in front of my boss. But I've had many. That's not a female thing. I've had. I've probably had more men cry on me than I have women. So interestingly, over the years, especially being in HR, I would say I've definitely had more men cry in front of me than I have women. And there's no judgment. I mean, if somebody needs to cry and that's an, it's a real emotion. Um, I'm okay with other people crying. I just will not cry at work. (laughs) You know, I, I, like I cry at, um, emotional events, right. It's somebody's retirement or, um, you know, something like that, I might tear up, but, but this was like a performance thing. And I cried and I was like, I'll, I'll never do that again. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. I get it. I still think it's weird to be asked. Uh, I'm not used to it. I should say I shouldn't. I apologize. It's not weird. Uh, I'm not you. I, it kind of throws me off if somebody asked me like, what are your pronouns? And that's like something very new to me. And I'm like, I feel very old, you know, and then, <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, I, I guess I, I just don't take these things, you know, into consideration. And so I'm working on uh, my language. That's why I asked because um, uh, I I just use the term, "Hey, you guys." Yeah. And, and and I've been instructed I probably shouldn't use that term. And I'm like, but I don't mean it in a particular way. And like, dude, oh my god, dude. And I'm talking to a woman. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so I'm like. Does anybody else struggle with sometimes language and terms and things and feel stupid sometimes when you misspeak? (laughs) (laughs) Good, it's not just me. Especially when you have kids who remind you that you're so old and they call me boomer and I'm like, I'm not a boomer. You're not. You're Gen X. I know. We're we're Gen X. I know. But but no, I mean, things change. And yeah, I I struggle with the whole like my pronouns are because I don't feel like I need to say what my pronouns are, but I understand why it's important for others. And so I need to be respectful of that. And it's yes. just a change in your language. So yep. when you and I were growing up, they was plural. And so it's, it's just a, like a thing that I have to learn how to say, right. That I didn't get taught saying, and, but I'm, you know, I want, I, I think it's really important to be respectful and as much as my kids love to make fun of me and give me a hard time, I'm really appreciative of that they that they do and they don't give up. And they're like, no, mom, like you need to say this or not that. And you sound, you know, we don't say that those things anymore. And I'm I'm really grateful that they do that to me, even as awkward as it is. <laughs> totally. I get it. Because I used to say that to my mom. I'm like, mom, you can't say that. Right. And so now I don't have, you know, children, but I do have, you know, younger people who influence my life. I have family members. So same thing. And that's they're like, uh, you should probably, you know, like just change up your word. Like there's nothing wrong with the tone. 
you just should use different word choices. And so same thing. And the last thing I want to do is feel exclusionary. And this goes back to being a woman. We know what it's like being excluded. And so I want to make sure I'm including everybody and that I'm not excluding anyone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Very cool. (laughs) Very cool. So on that note, I would like to thank you for your time and for spending the afternoon uh, in your very busy schedule to talk about elevating women. And uh, like I said, I'm, I'm still in the cult of Stephanie. So uh, you, you've got a fan for life here. So whatever you do and say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to promote it. I'm going to share it. And, and I thank you so much. Thank you, Michelle. I really appreciate it. And like I said, when I when I do decide to write a book one day, I will definitely need a ghostwriter. So <laughs> you get to you get to be top of my list when I when I get there. But no, I, I honestly appreciate so much your time and and thanks for letting me talk about my passions. I you know I, I do love to talk about elevating women and and uh, and uh, I know there's a lot of it out there, but I just I don't think you can ever get enough of it. So um, as long as people let me talk about it, I'm going to keep sort of dr- beating that drum. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We're and, and we're listening. We're like I said, we're we're fans of the band. So I'll I'll start your fan club right now. So, <laughs> Thanks. So you. on that note, would you please send us off with my tagline of go forth and be magical? And you can add a Stephanie Flair however you want, or you can just say it, what whatever you'd like to do to to close out the show. Well, thank you so much for having me and go forth and be magical. 